Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lakes and Air Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk UK football with Josh Moore, who covers Kentucky football for the Lakes and Air Leader and Kentucky.com. A lot has happened since Kentucky's 20 to 17 win over Iowa in the Citrus Bowl back on New Year's Day. So I want to catch up with Josh about the comings and goings about the UK staff and, um, you know, other things to do with Kentucky football uh, as they head into the off season. Plenty to talk about with Josh, and I don't want to waste any more time. So let's get right to it. My conversation about Kentucky football with Josh Moore of the Air Leader at Kentucky.com. Okay, welcome into the podcast. Josh Moore covers UK football for the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. Josh, I haven't talked to you at least for the podcast since before the bowl game. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, uh, at least our official discussions. I know we've seen each other a few times, but uh, yeah, well, our recorded discussions, I guess I should say. Um, Yeah, it's been good. Uh, You know, had a a little bit of a, you know, small break or a break-ish, you know, trying not to, um, you know, there's, as we'll get into, some developments with the team and and elsewhere, but, you know, kind of getting back into a groove mindset, you know, a, a professional mindset here, try to. Uh, I'm planning where our wedding is almost uh, here. So getting that settled in that that's been fun. So yeah, we'll, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how is every? Yeah, I know you're staying busy with basketball. Obviously. Yeah, I'm staying but. busy with basketball. But uh, we want to talk about football today because a lot. Even though we've had a little bit of a break, there's been a lot going on with Kentucky football since their win over Iowa in the bowl game. Uh, people announcing that they're leaving. People announcing that they're staying. Uh, a staff hire of note. I get. Let, let's let's start with the staff hire since that's the most recent thing. As we we are recording here on Wednesday, uh, January. 19. Uh, Mike Stoops is uh, Mark's brother is coming on board to be the inside linebackers coach to take the spot of John Summerall, who is going to Troy, uh, who is now the head coach of Troy. I know you have posted, uh, Josh, five things to know about Mike Stoops without giving away the uh, five things. Uh, this wasn't any big surprise. I mean, word had been out for at least a couple of weeks. It looked like Mike was going to be Mark's, his brother was going to be Mark's choice for the job. Yeah, it seemed like really since even after, you know, a little bit after John Summerall was named the coach, it was, I think, the first time I started seeing Mike's name thrown around. And, and he had been linked to um, not this particular job, but to a job at Kentucky previously. And, and I think that's, you know, so that's partly why 
his name was out there real early on and you know it's his brother so that's another reason and and he you know he he's he was sort of rehabilitated uh his career under nick saban um after a, a, a you know shaky as a kind word to put it exit um from oklahoma he went and spent a couple years under saban at alabama and and now he has uh or he was a, a dc at florida atlantic last season and uh, you know let's turn that into another d1 position job or an fbs power five um job here at, at under his brother and you know i think it, it's it's sort of a sort of a i won't say full circle moment but you know mark you know i won't say he didn't start his career at, at arizona under mike but he he you know was able to kind of you know, stair step his way to the Florida State job um, at you know from Arizona. So uh, it's sort of a, a reuniting of, of of the of the brothers. Right. Yeah. Mike was the head coach at Arizona. Mark was his defensive coordinator before he did leave to go to Florida State. So now, uh, so back then, Mark was working for Mike, and now you'll have Mike working for Mark. So uh, it, dynamic there. Um, okay. Let's talk about and and okay. We can talk about the staff. The um, uh, John Summerall departure. I think that's the only departure, correct, from the staff. Yeah. yeah, the only, at least the only departure that you know we're currently aware yeah. of. I, I, you know, I, I'm not, you know, and I'm not trying to end anybody's job anyway. But there was some, you know, a little bit of I won't say confusion, but you know, we were at least. Uh, my understanding was uh, Woodward was coaching the wide receivers last year for the most part and right. and there's not really been any um clarification on on what that looks like or what you know jovan bunat's role is um going into this year um so so that's kind of the only thing i would think maybe might get shaken up um mm -hmm. outside of that though yeah it's 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 the same and, and really your main principles your liam cohen brad white and vince marrow are all uh not only are they all still in the fold, but they're all getting paid much more handsomely than they were last year. Yeah, um, one, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, one of the things when Mark Stoops, when his name came up for other jobs, one of the things Mark had said, and he said all along, he would like more money for his assistants. We'd like more money for the program, and uh, after and with the bowl win and so forth. Yeah, it looks like those three guys are. Uh, Brad White, the defensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator, and Vince Marrow, the head of recruiting, are all being uh, rewarded and being bumped up in salary, which is to be more competitive with the other coordinators around the league, which is something that Mark had said that he had wanted. And it looks like that's getting done. Yeah, no, and I think that, I mean, that's essential. That's that at this point, Kentucky's at a place where it has to, that's the, you know, part of taking the next step is showing that commitment to. You know, paying not the head coach, but the the guys underneath them as well. Right. Um, and that's, you know, <laughs> that's that's a tall order, and people can can scoff at the amount of money that these guys are getting paid. I certainly do at times. Um, but it's it you know, if you're stepping away from it from a college, you know, from outside the college football world, yeah, it looks ridiculous. But within right. the marketplace that they're in, it's it's you know, Kentucky's still not. It's not quite paying what Alabama's paying. No. Um, it, but it's, it's, you know, it's getting closer. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, especially if it comes to keeping talent like, a, you know, Brad White, who's proven to be a very good defensive coordinator in the SEC, um, and Liam Cohen, who at least in one year looks to be the real deal. 
as a SEC offensive coordinator. Um, and then, you know, Vince Merrill obviously is, 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 you know, has as much, you know, it deserves as much credit as anybody as far as bringing in the talent. So I think, but, you know, those, all three of those guys <laughs> need to, right. you know, you have to show a commitment to them. And, the, and even down the, you know, down the raw, I think, you know, I believe John Summerall, you know, he was, he was one of their lead recruiters and, and, and one of their, you know, kind of being groomed to be the guy to replace Brad White if he had left for another job and, and John Hatton, um, you know, he, he was being paid pretty well before he left. So, so they, they're, they're starting to take care of their guys. I mean, they're, they, they have assistants, just position coaches making more now than what, you know, their coordinators made 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely. That's, yeah. that's the growth that's taking place. Uh, okay, let's move on to the players. Uh, we've, uh, as I said earlier, uh, some departures, uh, a lot of players announcing that they're staying on. Uh, any any of those on either side surprise you uh, from those announcements about their players' plans for 2022? No, I think, you know, the, the biggest one probably that, and I still wouldn't categorize it as a surprise, but Dare Rosenthal not coming back. Uh, and I say that because I don't think the staff, I don't think, like when he, he announced that he was entering the NFL draft, I, I don't know. I don't think the staff was, was at all taken aback by that. I, I thought, I think they were ready for that to be the case. But he was a guy that, you know, on, on paper looked like a guy that was sort of, he's not a fringe prospect. I think he'll be drafted in the top three rounds um, just based on his, you know, I, I think his floor probably is like the fourth round. I mean, I think he, he's going to get drafted uh, just based on potential. I, but he was a guy that you could have made a case if he came back and showed more consistency, especially down to down, that he, he could be like a legit like top 10, top 20 pick next year. Um, and then that's the case. You know, that's, I'm sure he weighed that and, and tried to evaluate what all his options were. And, and he made the decision that he felt like was best for him. And I'm sure – you know, Kentucky will support him through that and, and all that good stuff. But I think he's that's the one, you know, guy, though, that you looked at like, man, if he came back, it sort of changes your whole outlook for what the offensive line could be. I don't think, you know, I think there early on might have been some, uh, you know, worry about what the what like the, the ceiling of the offensive line might be able to be one because it's a, it's just there's a lot of uncertainty there at both the tackle spots now because you're losing Jerry and Kennard too and you were ready right. for that. You knew that was happening. Right. But there's a lot of guys on that roster that you know we don't know their names. <laughs> you know, I barely know their names and 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 I'm, you know, looking at this stuff all the time. Uh and and they've, you know, that they've had a year or two in the program and and a lot of time to get bigger and stronger and they'll have three months here or about two or two two to three months to get ready. And bigger and stronger before spring ball, and then they'll have a whole summer. So I think there's a lot of talent on the roster that we're just not, you know, aware of how they're going to fit in, and 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 you're you're kind of putting a bet on that. And I think they'll probably bring in at least one guy from the portal who who we don't even know his name yet. I mean, and that could be the that's going to probably be the case at a few spots, but um, just because you know there'll be other people go through spring camps and and either be dissatisfied with their situation or they'll have something happen and they need to leave. I mean, Rosenthal and, and Jaquez Jones, one of the guys who 
is coming back for a super senior season. Um, you know, neither of those guys had any, you know, no first name basis at all with Kentucky fans until after spring camp last year. Right. <laughs> and they were two of the most important players on last year's team. So um, things can change in a hurry after spring camp. Right. And, and, and as you mentioned, they're going to be losing uh, both tackles uh, with Darren Rosenthal uh, declaring for the draft and Darren Kennard, of course, who will be a, who should be a very high pick. And then uh, Luke Fortner, the center, uh, is also moving on uh, after uh, been a very, very valuable member of the uh, offensive line of guard and then playing center this past year. Uh, you, you know, you will have Eli Cox, who missed the last part of the season with starting offensive guard, just a sophomore. Uh, he'll be back next year. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Kenneth Horsey, who started at guard. There's some talk about Horsey being moved out to tackle. Uh, any idea yet, and in, in, including among some of those young guys, about how this might shake out or what they what do you think they'll be looking at when they get into spring ball? My luck you brought up with Horsey. I think the at least in, through the spring, the thought will be to try him at left. Mm-hmm. You know, he's and, and or or in, in maybe right too, or like one or the other. But I think he'll get a long look there. Um, he has really you know size that ex- um, but his you know he and Jeremy Flax rotated there in the ball game, and it, it left a lot to be desired. Um, now what we don't know is, you know, or at least, you know, what I don't know is, you know, how, how aware were they of what they were even going to have to be doing before that week? Like, was it kind of like all month long, they knew they were going to have to do that. Or was it like the week of, they kind of figured out that Rosenthal wasn't going to be available. I don't know, but, um, you know, still you would expect guys to play a little bit better than they did, um, in the ball game and, and granted, they were going up against one of the best defenses in the country, but you know, you gotta, you had to get more from there going into 2022 if, if, if you're rolling with one of those guys. And, you know, I think Flax is another guy. You know, it was weird coming out of last spring. If you remember, you might remember that Liam Cohen was, was talking up Jeremy Flax as, yes. as like the surefire guy at right tackle. Now, this was before. You know, Dare Rosenthal came into the picture, and then Darian moved back to Wright and 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 all this stuff. So, so it's possible that maybe you have your tackles on the. Maybe that's those guys. Um, you know, you, that would certainly be ideal. <laughs> it would give you a lot of. Um, even if you bring in another guy, if, if it's for depth, you know, it would give you a lot of options. I think on the interior, they're going to be in really good shape. Eli Cox will come back, like you said. He might get moved to center. He might stay at guard. I think. I, I certainly think the center you know, thing will you know, at least maybe look at it and cross-train some. Quentin Wilson's been in the program a long time. He's probably, again, the guy you might slot in as the starting center, but I, I wouldn't be too shocked if Cox were to take that over and, and kind of assume that role as, as a guy who will be you know in the program for a few more years still and kind of give you some continuity down the road there. You have uh, Tayshawn Manning, the Auburn transfer. I can't imagine he's going to come here and not play. Right. Uh, that would be kind of that would be kind of strange. He'll certainly be part of the rotation. I would imagine he starts. And, and they just have a lot of you know a good you know Jagger Burton is a right. guy that I think is going to take a big step and be a big contributor next year or this season. Um, and then and there's a lot of guys, David Wallabaugh, John Young. There's a lot of guys down the roster who were high three star, four star recruits. Um, who who really um, were were 
were, you know, guys that, that long term look like good prospects. And so I figure they'll probably see what they have in those guys. And, and then, and then, you know, the, 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 the elephant in the room, literally elephant, because he's <laughs> massive. It's Keontae Goodwin. He's right. probably going to play. I can't imagine he starts as a true freshman, you know, <laughs> at left tackle in the SEC. But he's going to be, he's, he's going to play. One, he's going to play because I think because of his, you know, it just his status, the kind of recruit he is. Because you, you know, you want to keep a guy like that happy. I mean, obviously he has to earn the playing time. They're not just going to throw him out there if he looks like a, like a, you know, he can't, he can't stomach it. But athletically and size wise, he looks like he could go play in the NFL today, mm-hmm. let alone college. So I think he's a guy that will play a lot as long as he's capable. And, uh, and maybe, maybe does, you know, earn a starting spot, you know, some, at some point in the season and, and, and gives you three good years before he says goodbye and goes to the NFL. But, uh, cause that's obviously, you know, ideally that's his projection, right? Like he's right. here for a few years and, and that's it. But, um, so yeah, he's, he's the wild card, I think, cause, you know, if he's, if he comes in and it all clicks right away and, and he's just looks like the monster that he looked like in high school, then that, that oh that solves a lot of your problems at the tackle spot. Right, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Another guy who left on uh, – let's stick with the offense. Another guy who left on offense, not a total surprise by any means, is Wondell Robinson, who played such a vital role with this team all year long and in the bowl game. Uh, so no real surprise there. There was some talk thought that he might come back for – uh, another year to try and prove his uh, draft standing. But, I mean, really, I don't know that he had much more to prove on the collegiate level after the season that he had this year. Uh, what about that receiver position? They'll be looking for a replacement for him. He's going to be a hard guy to replace. Uh, how does that – they do have a, uh, a transfer coming in off the portal. How does that shape up, you think, going uh, as, as we look ahead to spring? Yeah, the transfer it's 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 so funny that his last name's Robinson because it's gonna because he was right he he was regardless of what his name was it was gonna in, in, encourage comparisons to Wondell just because of the nature of what Wondell did this year um, or this past season and and you know him him being a power five transfer so right. it's unfortunate for Tavion Robinson that his last name is Robinson <laughs> but but you know it it's it's I certainly, you know, what you hear and, and see from him, he, he is not the same type of receiver. Um, he is probably a more natural receiver than, than Wandale was when he came. He was actually playing receiver at Virginia Tech. Now, they uh, passing the ball was something they kind of struggled with, but it's not it, it's not like he's coming in like Wandale did as, as a, you know, a running back kind of being turned into a receiver. So you have that advantage. He's probably a little bit more natural receiver at the start. You saw what Cohen was able to do with Wandell, and and so you you get excited about what that'll look like. I think we're probably underestimating the you know impact of a guy like having Josh Ali around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early on, I think that that's really helped. You know, you give you gave UK like a little bit of a runway to try to get things sorted out early on. So, you know, they're going to be playing a lot more young guys. The Marcus Harris is the only returning player who, you know, really, you know, as far as the wide receivers are concerned, really um, gave you anything. And I think going into the spring, he'll be kind of a guy you can pencil in as, as probably one of the starters. But, you know, he's still, you know, he's still a guy that's 
left a little bit to be desired too. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think it'll be a pretty wide open competition in the receiver room. And Jaquel Crowdis was a guy they were excited about before he got hurt. Maybe he kind of assumes that one Dale role. That would be, you know, cause, cause that would have been, that was going to be the issue with him is, you know, at least looking at it, it seemed to me like even if he had been able to play, well, he's probably playing in that slot. So it's kind of like, right. what are you really, what are you really getting there? So if he's able to kind of fill in where Wondell was, that would be ideal. Dan Key and Barry and Brown, I think both will um, probably get an opportunity early on to show what they can do. Dan Key's enrolled already. So, you know, that's a, that, that'll give him a leg up, you would think. And, and, you know, you have, the, the you know Chauncey Magwood and Chris Lewis, a few guy, a couple guys that that were you know especially in Magwood got on the field last year a little bit, and I thought showed some you know I was you know he didn't catch some of the balls he probably should have caught, but I thought he looked like he belonged out there, you know like physically he didn't look out of place, so I thought that was encouraging, and you know you get a, a off season of work here, and and I think it's going to be big, you know these guys didn't get to throw with Will Levis before the summer. Right. Last year. Because he came out late. Yeah, he's going to have eight months, you know, starting, you know, if you start from January, um, you know, the coaches can only work with them so much, but they can go and throw the ball around anytime they want to. So he's going to have eight months of, before fall camp starts next, you know, August. And, and that's going to be, that's going to be huge for, I mean, I would imagine for building continuity and, and making sure that this thing is, is in a good place uh, with all these young receivers. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that that'll be a big plus. And uh, Will is coming back. He made the announcement he's coming back. I don't think that was a, a big surprise either uh, at quarterback. One guy I was surprised about was staying on the offensive side was Chris Rodriguez. I thought he might go on and go pro as a running back. He announced he's coming back. Were Were you surprised by that? I was. You're hedging. I was less, You're hedging. Yeah. Well, I was less surprised <laughs> by the end of the year than I would have been at the beginning of the year. If you told me at the start of the year that he was coming back, I would have thought that's crazy. I just think if you're looking at it, you know, now, and I will say, I mean, I don't know this. I'm just speculating. I think this is a situation where name, image, and likeness helped a ton. Played a role. In turn, like, just because if you look at Rodriguez and you look at, like, kind of, the running back situation in the NFL. If you're not a guy that's probably going in the top two or three rounds, you're probably better off. I don't want to say better off. Maybe, I mean, it, it depends. It's all on your personal circumstances, like, but, and what, what you most like one out of your career or whatever, but he can probably make more money this year as a senior at Kentucky. Who's, 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 you know, got the, career rushing record in his crosshairs than he will as the second or third string running back for the Miami Dolphins. Like who got drafted in the fifth round. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even if, and even if he next year goes out and and enters a draft and, and ends up, you know, going the same place he might have this year, well, he's still, you know, he got the rushing record at Kentucky. He's a legend. He's, you know, made whatever he made in NIL money, which was probably more than the first year NFL contract where he got slotted. And, you know, it, it just, you know, that's, that's just what I'm guessing, you know, happened. So uh, it's great for, you know, it's, all, it's massive for Kentucky. Um, I don't think they would have been hurting at running back. I think they would have been fine. Um, 
and figured it out because that's been a position where they've clearly, you know, proven themselves to, to be able to churn out guys who, who, who are very, um, very good SEC running backs. But yeah, obviously anytime you can put a guy like Rodriguez as a bonus in that category, um, you'll take it. Right. Right. No, yeah, that's a big help. That's for sure. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break before we get into the defense, but we'll be right back with Josh Moore of the Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, back here with Josh Moore as we talk about uh, what's gone on with Kentucky football since the bowl game, since their win over Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. We've kind of covered the offense. I think let's look at the defense. I think if you're a Kentucky football fan, you'd have to be encouraged by uh, some of the guys who announced that they're coming back, especially a linebacker coming back for next year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I brought up Jaquez Jones earlier just in passing, but you know, with him, DeAndre Square, um, I'm already forgetting the other guy. Who's <laughs> the other guy? I, I just my you brain got, is. Just you got Wallace. You got Wallace. Uh, played a lot. If you're talking about inside linebacker, played a lot last year. Then you got Jordan oh, Wright. Jordan Wright. He's coming Jordan back Wright. at the outside linebacker spot, which will match up with JJ Weaver, who I thought had a pretty good year considering he was coming off an ACL. And expect him to be even better next year. So, yeah, those three guys with Jones, Square, and Wright all announcing they're coming back. You got to feel really good about that. Oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Wright was the guy whose name was escaping me. You've got in those five guys you named. And then plus, you know, you can you know maybe throw in Martez Thrower there, who got on the field a little bit and might be able to give him a little bit more this year. I, I, you're talking about at least that core five, though. That's that's you know going to be very valuable for Kentucky this this fall, mm-hmm. um, especially because you know there's still a little shakiness there, probably in the secondary, the defensive line. Um, you know, is going to be looking to to try to figure out who's going to be that, who's going to be that uh, you know defensive end in place of Josh Pascal. Right. Um, you know, you're losing obviously one of your biggest veterans up front in him. I think they'll be okay. I mean, like Marquand was a a huge uh, you know piece of the defense, but 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 I think they'll be I think they'll be good there with Josiah Hayes and uh, Justin Rogers because I, I think those guys really really grew up a lot towards the end of the year when they had to sub in from McCall. And, so, and don't forget about Oxendine. He should be back next yeah, year, we hope. We're not sure what his injury was. Are we at the end of last year? I don't – I think it was – secretive a, about that. Yeah, and it's like – I don't know if it was a knee or if it was a foot. It was – but, you know, it's it's like – well, and another guy we didn't name, talking about feet injury, Derek Jackson. I mean, he right. – I'm still – 
it still amazes me how good that kid looked coming off the injury he was coming off of. Right. Because we didn't expect him to play. No, yeah. And then he ends up playing in the last two or three games. And, and you know, he wasn't like going every snap, but but he was he was going pretty hard. Yeah. And he, and he did play a lot in the, you know, in the bowl game. Right. So, you know, that was, I mean, tremendous for that kid and, and to, you know, and, and he looked good. So they're really set up pretty nicely. Um, you know, knock on wood, that position sort of been, you know, had some, some bad luck over the last three or four years, but it looks like they're poised to have a really strong year at linebacker, yeah. um, you know, across the board inside and outside. I think, you know, maybe and maybe you need to shore up the depth a little bit out there, but they have guys down the roster. You know, it's just a matter of how far along they're coming along development wise. Secondary, you know, you get they got a boost with Ty Asian coming back. Right. Um, I really liked. I thought he came along pretty well at the end of that COVID season and and was really steady this year. Um, you know, he wasn't like a star, like a, but he made some big plays. He had that interception against Chattanooga that proved very consequential. Right. Um, and, and, and made some, you know, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he was, he was pretty high on the team in pass breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's, any you know, you get a guy like that back, Valentine got <laughs> tested a lot early on. A lot of, you know, people will remember he was a lot of those one on ones where they were, they were throwing it in the flats. He was the guy usually getting, um, ate up. I thought he improved over the course of the season. So you got some, you got a little bit there. I, I think it was, you know, it was interesting that Cedric Dort was transferring and, and not um, deciding to come back. I don't know if that was a, you know, if it, what prompted that, if it was Dort or if it was Kentucky kind of saying, hey, you know, here's, you know, it's probably better for you to leave. I don't know. But um, I, I, I imagine there will still be some additions to that uh, secondary room. Um, you know, they lost off Frazier, the, the, one of their commits, uh, or one of their signees, rather. Right. Um, he was a junior for the college 20- kid, right? Yeah, a junior college guy who, you know, it, it sounds like he was probably going to be kind of slotted in as a starter, at least going into the spring, and, and that didn't work out for whatever reason. And, and, and so they're sort of – and I think even with him in the mix, they were still wanting to add a – guy or two so um you you you, they're still they got to build up the the troops a little bit there but you know and and and, you know there's young guys and maybe you get you know maybe that sorts itself out from you know just a development standpoint maybe the guys maybe some of those guys come along further than um you want it's been it's unfortunate that that you know defensive backfield has become sort of this area of concern the last couple of years because it was really, it was the strongest group in the room and, and they've not lacked, they've still produced some quality players. I think Yusuf Corker is going to be a guy. I think Yusuf Corker is a guy who could be a riser. Um, I don't know that he'll, he'll reach Jamin Davis levels of hop going into the draft, but I think he's a guy that could, could absolutely, um, you know, make, you know, build himself up into a higher potential draft candidate. And, um, you know, you had Vito Tisdale or not Vito Tisdale, uh, well, he's a guy we haven't mentioned yet. That he's a very important piece, obviously too. But uh, um, Kelvin Joseph, you know, I think is it, a guy that's that that people are, have you know more better feelings than not coming out of Kentucky. So um, it's certainly there, but it, it's, cl- it's sort of clear. It's kind of becoming clear that 
I think they miss Steve Klinskell a little bit more than they maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, right. you know, thought they might. And, 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 and but it's, it was a transition year and, and, you know, you, you, you got a whole year here now of, of guys post, I won't say post COVID, but post, you know, what COVID was for football during some of these hirings from last year and stuff. And, and maybe you get a better sense of what you want out of this group going into 2022 um, earlier on in the year. And, you know, and hopefully it'll work itself out. You mentioned Vito Tisdale. Uh, you know, Vito uh, was one of those guys who got suspended, who had to sit out mm-hmm. while they're going through a legal process. Uh, didn't really come in until, what, I guess halfway through the season. He's a guy that, you know, he's a very emotional player. Uh, but I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. I go back to what Mark Stoop says all the time. I'd rather say, whoa, than giddy up. And he's a guy with his deal. You don't have to say giddy up. And he's got himself in trouble with some you know, penalties and so forth. But he's a guy I still think has a ton of talent and could be a really, really good player, uh, you know, going into his third year. Uh, you know, if he matures some. Uh, becomes a little more disciplined. I think he's got a chance. I still think he has a chance to be a really good player. Uh, well, I, I just think if you look at Vito, if you watch him athletically and instinctually, he uh, pound for pound might be the best player on the defense. Yeah, like, like he, you can I think make he that has, case. That's not a crazy case to make. No, and, and, and so if yeah, if you can rein that in and and you know and really unleash him. Um, as an every down top guy and, and, and you, you know, he's great as a pass rusher, like when they need to use him in those sets. Right. But, you know, I, I'd like to see more what he can do, you know, as a, as a one-on-one defender, you know, out there more as a safety, like a true safety. And, um, I think he has a, a world of potential. I do think he's, he's right up there with, maybe with JJ Weaver as the guy who could be the best player on this defense next year. I mean, it's just a matter of, of, you know, kind of figuring it all out. But, yeah, he's he's certainly, you know, a massive wild card. Yeah. Let's go back to the defensive line. Now, they got a transfer from Ohio State. What do we know? I don't know a whole lot about this kid. What do we know about this kid? Uh, not much. Uh, didn't play <laughs> Didn't play a lot at Ohio State, which, you know, is one of two things. It's either he – he just wasn't maybe he wasn't good enough or they're so deep that it didn't work out um you know it's hard to know with any of these guys i mean they've certainly they've they've had success with 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 plenty of guys um who were were you know from elsewhere and kind of cast off but but they've also you know everybody has misses too and and so i'm not saying this kid is gonna be either one i'm just you know i just kind of don't know and we're, talk, um, we're you talking would, about. By the way, we're talking about Darian Henry Young, uh, Ohio State committed, uh, entered the transfer portal and uh, committed to Kentucky. He was a fairly highly regarded recruit coming out, correct? Oh yeah, top top one hundred, top one fifty player. Uh, I think he he was either the number one or number two player in Ohio of, in his recruiting cycle, which I guess would have been twenty twenty. That sounds right, twenty twenty, because I think he's 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 a sophomore, um, and and you would think physically. Um, having been in a not just a college program, but one of the best college programs the last two years, conditioning wise, would be in you know shape enough to be able to play if if he's needed. Right. Um, and I do think Kentucky um, is at least aware of that because you know for one, you know they recruited him out of high school. Um, I, I imagine Vince Merrill was the lead recruiter there then. 
Yeah. Um, like, like, like with Wondell and all these guys, they can keep a relationship and, and talk, I'm sure, you know, even if maybe they're not supposed to be and, and, right. and, 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 you know, and, and so it works out and he's from Cincinnati. So he's basically a local kid. Right. Um, Princeton you know, high school there. So you, you have a lot of connections. It's closer to, I mean, I mean, I mean, Lexington probably is closer to Cincinnati than Columbus, isn't it? It's, Am it's, I, it's, it's, it's about, it's, it's about almost equal distance. I think it takes about an hour and a half to get to Cincinnati. It takes about an, another hour and a half to get up to Columbus. Yeah. Probably right, a little so, longer than that. Yeah. I feel like it might be a little longer, but regardless, so it's pretty, pretty much the same distance from home and, uh, or closer. And, and yeah, so it's a, it seems like he'll, you know, I would imagine again, he's a guy, you wouldn't add a guy like that if you didn't think he was probably going to come in and give you something. Right. Um, and, and maybe it won't be this year too. Cause I think that's a part of this too, is you bring in some, some of these guys, you know, especially a guy who's a sophomore, uh, maybe you look at him and say, okay, maybe you, 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 you're, you spend a year with us and develop and, and then, you know, next year's your near, like 2023 is when you'll get a lot of playing time. Um, I don't know what they're telling these guys. I mean, they could be telling them all they're, you know, I do think, I mean, cause it's your instinct to say, if you're bringing in transfers like this, oh, they need them to play. Um, I think that's true in a lot of cases, but it's not necessarily, you know, a hundred percent. Um, you know, they brought in a couple guys last year who, you know, Luke Fulton and, and Trayvon Morgan, who. Fulton uh, played, you know, some on special teams, and and I'm sure it, they locked the debt there, um, and you know, in case of emergency at, at, at linebacker. But you know, Morgan's back in the transport; he, he's already gone. He's left again. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. Right. Uh, okay. What are we leaving out? Anybody else we need to talk about for in the comings and goings? Uh, well, we had the, uh, Colin Goodfellow situation. Oh, yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the non-scholarship punter who was, you know, basically, I mean, I, I won't say killed it last year, but was very good. I mean, he, he right. certainly played well. Um, certainly, you know, after losing a guy like, uh, Max Duffy, you, you know, that was all, that was a much more position of concern than, a you know, that position typically would be. Mm-hmm. So he certainly didn't lose you games. Um, a, you know, there was was he'd entered the portal and and kind of he's he's coming back out, but that may not. I, the, my read of the situation is there's still some uncertainty there about whether what he's actually going to do. I would still not be surprised if he re-entered the portal mm-hmm. um, by the end of the year, depending on what happens. But you know, it's 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 tough because they have a scholarship punter who didn't play last year i think was it a back injury it was what we were kind of told throughout the year yeah um kid another uh, australian right and and so he he you know he's dealing with that and you know and he would have up to you know if he redshirted last year so he would still have three years even if goodfellow were to um come back again but but for some reason i thought goodfellow was a super senior last year so i'm not really sure what the what what the how he might possibly even play at Kentucky next year unless I'm uh, unless there's something about his eligibility that I'm just una- I mean I guess he could technically use a redshirt year still like he because he didn't play you know in 2017 2018 or 2019 so he could still you know I guess cons- call one of those a redshirt year 
Correct. So I'm, uh, I'm calling up his bio now. He did not play as a freshman in 2017. He practiced with the team. He practiced with the team in 2018, uh, but did not play. Same thing, 2019. He didn't play until 2020. So yeah, I get he could use any. I guess any one of those. Let's see, there it's four years there. He could use any one of those years as his redshirt year, or he could have used, um, you know, the extra year of eligibility from the you get from the COVID year would give him his sixth year in the program, but would you know he would still be able to play. So I, I assume he's using one or the other. They list him in the media. Uh, looking at the website here, they said he elected to return for a fifth year for 2021, taking advantage of the NCAA's ruling to grant an extra year of eligibility due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, you're probably right. They used that year. He was supposed to be a super senior, but maybe they're saying, okay, well, we're going to use that instead as a redshirt year, and next year will be a super senior year. Right, yeah, and that's like, I think that's what was throwing me off, because I remember looking at him early in the year, and they were calling him a super senior, and then, but yeah. I didn't, I was like, that doesn't really make sense, because he never played, right. like, he already played, like, two games before this year, so. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but he did a really good job, he did an excellent job. Uh, yeah, and I year. think it's. And, and it's tough, right? If you're a walk-on and you you might not get a scholarship, and right. you know, and you can probably, you know, maybe there's a home elsewhere, right. um, or maybe he just decides to stay and doesn't want a scholarship. I mean, who knows? It, it'll that situation will work itself out. But um, you know, if you can bring him back, that's awesome because you you probably have your starting punter next year. So, right. what about place kicker? Uh, well, the chance four, right? That's I don't that's, know. Because well, Matt Ruffalo, now he's not coming back, right? Right. Well, I think he also he he was a true uh, a true super senior last year. If yeah. I'm uh, remembering, right. yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull it up here. Yeah, uh, let's practice, practice, hit, hit, hit. Ah, uh, uh, he come back? I think. I mean, looking at the way they have it set up here, I think so. But I think, um, oh, what's the kid's name? Smith from Boyle County. I think he's probably going to end up coming in and, and contending for that. Uh, Jackson Smith, I think he, he's going to at least, or at least compete. I mean, Chance Four is still on the roster and, and he's a scholarship guy. And, um, you know, Kentucky somehow managed to have like three scholarship kickers, but you know, or two scholarship kickers and a scholarship punter. Um, that's, that's, I bet that's unique among the conference. <laughs> could be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Better to have too many than not enough. As a longtime follower of Kentucky football, there have been caught plenty of times with not enough, <laughs> either a punter or a place kicker. Uh, had to press somebody into duty. It seems like a lot of times on the, on the place kicking side. So, uh, Yeah, and I've, I've heard about this Jackson Smith kid. Uh, yeah. you know, I've not confirmed it, but I've heard that he can do both. Like they feel like yeah. he feel like he might be a guy that could do both. So that would be – um, be you know, that would obviously be nice. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. You talked about the one last thing before we wrap it up here. You talked about that Dan Key was uh, is an early entry guy. I think they announced, uh, what, a week or so ago that they have uh, uh, 13 mid-year guys coming in, uh, which would always be a big help. Uh, including some of those guys that uh, we had talked about earlier, who who could play a role as a freshman, being Goodwin being one of those guys, Dane Key being another guy. Uh, that's got to be you know. In the past, it seems like the guys who have enrolled as mid year players, they do 
get a head start on maybe getting some playing time, maybe even some guys that we didn't expect to play because they did come in as mid-year guys. And and the earlier point you made about Will Levis having a full spring, a full offseason to throw to some of these receivers, uh, that's got to be very encouraging, I would think, to Kentucky fans as well. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, the mid-year thing is big. I mean, it doesn't get enough – or at least I don't feel like it gets enough, like, spotlight, but – Often the guys that end up playing a lot at this university and a lot of places are are guys that ended up enrolling early. If you go back and look at the guys who's pan out as freshmen, it's not exclusive. Like nothing's exclusive. And some of the mid-year guys don't pan out. But a good percentage of the mid-year guys end up being your stars at some point. Right. Um, you know, and for Kentucky, that's you know, Goodwin's obviously the headliner. Uh the the Ohio State transfer, Henry Young was one of those guys. Danky, you know, that's, that, those are some big ones. Um, you know, they, some of those guys walk are, are walk-ons that are coming in. Um, I think you, you know, so you, 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 you know, take that for what it is, but, right. but Kentucky's had plenty of walk-ons contribute over the, the years. And I think the one that's really interesting to me, um, again, not saying he's going to be a, anything next year, um, but to, to kind of keep an eye on down the road is Cole Lanner out really? of Boyle County. Um, he is a really good high school wide receiver. Um, I mean, like, you know, just a re- you can just see him being a, a, a very solid slot receiver at Kentucky at some point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, depending on how the scholarship situation plays out down the road, if he was like a guy by the time he's a junior that gets on scholarship. Really? Like, I, th- I think he's got that potential. Um, so he would be a guy to kind of keep an eye out on. A guy we didn't mention, and I kind of had just completely forgotten about, was Deuce Hogan, the quarterback. Yeah, transfer um, from Iowa. Transfer from Iowa, a former four-star recruit. Um, he's going to be a walk-on at Kentucky, at least this first year. And, you know, you would think, you know, I don't know what was the situation was at Iowa, but, you know, a four-star recruit from Texas <laughs> – Surely wouldn't have, uh, you know, suddenly become a bad quarterback, yeah. right? Like yeah. so, you, no. you, I mean, you gotta like, you know, as far as walk-ons go, former four-star recruit out of Texas is you could do worse, right? Right. No. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That was a definitely very interesting news when we got the news that he was transferring to Kentucky after two seasons at Iowa. So. Uh, We'll see how that play it plays out. That uh, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on Cole Lanter. You got the Josh Moore uh, player to watch. Uh, <laughs> player yeah, to watch for, from Josh for, Moore. Play, Cole player to watch for twenty twenty five. Still, we can track his progress down the road. So, okay, Josh. Well, we got. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, anything in particular that you want to make sure that people. Uh, uh, who are listening to the podcast uh, have an eye out for or something that you've uh, written lately that uh, you want to make sure that they haven't missed? Uh, well, you mentioned the Mike Stoops thing. I don't, I mean, that's, you know, that was, that was just what it was. It just kind of bringing people up to speed on who he is and if they don't know him. Right. Um, I'm working on a couple of things, a feature that has nothing to do with Kentucky football that I'm pretty pumped about. Me and okay. Ryan Hermans are, are teaming up on that, uh, our photographer. Our soon-to-be new chief photographer, right, you know, the Alex Slitz is leaving us. But right. uh, um, and and yeah, I'm, another thing that I'm I don't want to disclose just because of the um, 
nature of it, but it's nothing super serious. But it's just something um, that should be coming in a couple of days. So, okay. um, well, people should yeah. have an eye out for that. And the feature that'll be uh, probably a couple of weeks from now. Okay, it'll be it'll be fun. I think people will get a kick out of it. Well, good. Well, everybody be on the lookout for that. Be sure and follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. Check out all of his work on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Arrow Leader. And Josh, we'll be catching up with you again here uh, pretty soon before uh, we got we got some time between now and before spring starts. But we'll be catching up with you periodically about uh, things going on with Kentucky football. So thanks again for being on the podcast. Oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah, we got a lot before spring ball. We got the NFL Combine in early March. I'll be at that. That's always fun. I love the Combine. I I hate that they're talking about moving it from Indianapolis because I I think it's great there. Um, But, you know, money talks. Right. So (laughs) So look for that as well when Josh is at the Combine. Yeah, the draft will be here before we know it. So, Okay, thanks, Josh. Awesome. Thanks, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Josh Moore of the Herald Leader. Be sure and follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL, and check him out both in the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader and especially online on Kentucky.com. I always appreciate Josh being on the podcast. Appreciate everybody listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can get a sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscriptions tab, check out all the offers to subscriptions to Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. Like I said, I appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast. We'll, help. we'll be checking in with Josh from time to time leading up to spring practice. A lot more, as Josh mentioned, the NFL draft, a lot more going on going on with Kentucky football as we head through the offseason. Thanks again to Josh. Thanks again to everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.